Hi friends, welcome. Thank you very much for joining me. This is Annette of AnnetteLeonard.com back again with another moment for chronic wellness. And I am delighted that you are joining me today for these very special episodes. I am going to be doing an interview with the founder and CEO of a platform near and dear to my heart and perhaps to yours as well, The Mighty a health community where millions share their first-person experiences to help and support one another. Mike Porath spent most of his career as a journalist. His daughter, Annabelle, has something called Duke-15Q syndrome, and she led him to start The Mighty. He lives in the suburbs of Los Angeles with his wife and four children, the youngest of which is nine months old. So we are very lucky to be carving out a little bit of his time today. Thank you, Mike, and welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Annette. Glad you're here. The, so, Mike, just give us a little background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, uh, my wife and I are both, uh, we actually went to high school together, so we've known each other a long time, but both my parents are from Cleveland. Um, so, uh, and I grew up as one of four kids, you know, and I've got four kids now, so kind of replicating that, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, I spent most of my career as a journalist. Um, I'm uh, kind of a storyteller, content guy at heart, and um, and I worked mainly at big news organizations, ABC News, NBC News, the New York Times, and along the way, um, it, you know, kind of growing my career professionally, when my wife and I had our first child, Annabelle, um, we were thrown for a loop. Uh, she didn't, you know, she didn't do all the things we were told a baby does, <laughs> and, and that, uh, it took us about two years to actually get a diagnosis, a correct diagnosis. Um, that she has something, uh, as you mentioned, DUP15Q syndrome, which basically means she's got extra genetic material on the 15th chromosome um, in every cell in her body. And, and that, it really has, you know, uh, her wiring is just kind of different, you know, so she's autistic, uh, has all sorts of other types of challenges, uh, but we're, we're fortunate. She's verbal. A lot of kids with this are, are nonverbal. Um, so, you know, we get to, you know, she's able to communicate, you know, with us in a number of ways. Um, and, uh, but, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can with her. And I think for, you know, for us, um, it was the experience that, you know, we got the most help um, by connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. um, we got started on our own journey. And I think that's what, it was in the back of my mind for a long time of, you know, just the experience that we had through this. Could we help launch, you know, something that would help other people kind of get together, find each other, share experiences, um, uh, because that was so powerful for us. And that was what kind of led to the, the building of the Mighty. Interesting. And and so the Mighty has been around for six years, something yep. like that? I mean, we ended our first year with three people working on this. So, um, but yes, we actually launched uh, six years ago. Um, uh -huh. You know, it's grown in a number of different ways, you know, since then, certainly in terms of size and audience and, you know, community members, uh, but also in different things that we did. We started as more of a publisher um, and we, that kind of led into more of a social network that, you know, that we've been building. And, um, uh, and you've been with us, you know, uh, for part of this, you know, time period too, and sharing our stories and finding people on the mighty and, you know, contributing your own talents there. Uh, it's a it's a powerful platform. I mean, from from my experience, kind of finding you, and for me, I, I guess I only found you about a year ago. And uh, the 
the breadth of experiences, the breadth of illnesses and mental illnesses and disabilities and, uh, and experiences that are represented are so broad that I really do think there's a place for everyone there, which is a beautiful thing. That's what, what we, we really aim to try to create something that it, no matter what you are experiencing, that you could, you know, find a home here. And um, starting with the core belief that people aren't, you know, synonymous with their condition, right? So most people Amen. are dealing with not, you know, one thing like one, one of the things that I've learned over the, uh, you know, course of building all this is we used to see uh, mental health as kind of its own, you know, subject matter. And what we saw over time was that most people dealing with some kind of health issue are also dealing with, you know, some mental health issues around all of those things. Um, for instance, I think within our cancer communities, something like 88% of people in those communities are also part of the anxiety or depression community because yeah. it's, it's challenging, right? Yeah, and, the toll uh, it takes. Yes, absolutely. And from my own experiences as a dad of a kid, you know, with special needs, um, you know, there's a lot that comes with that as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it takes a toll on you. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, so we've seen this, it's almost like a Venn diagram of conditions and people are often dealing with different things or they may have one condition, they may have a loved one, a parent or a child, you know, with something else. And so we tried to build a platform that, that would, um, that was really focused on the person and allowing them to find the things that are most helpful to them, conditions that are, you know, um, that they're, you know, interested in for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I love that. What was um, your initial vision for the Mighty, and what has surprised you, or delighted you, or um, intrigued you about the ways that has grown and changed? Um, so it definitely has evolved in ways I didn't, you know, foresee when we got started. You know, my own experience, like what it really came, you know, came from the day that my daughter was diagnosed. Um, I did what I think most people do; they go to Google right? And you start looking for things. And they actually, the doctor actually didn't have a name for what my daughter had. He had explained um, uh, test results that came back and he saw a section of the 15th chromosome and was, you know, but he said, I don't know what that's called, but just based on what I'm reading, um, it's unlikely that her mind will develop beyond that of a five-year-old, you know, which was obviously really difficult, you know. Devastating, yeah. And so I spent hours that day, you know, on the computer trying to understand and learn. And I did find the actual condition that it was. And as I was looking that up, I found some medical information on it, but it was not particularly helpful to me. I, I wasn't there yet, right, about yeah. really understanding that part. I was more and on the grief. <laughs> just like, you know, what is it, what's my daughter going to be like? What, yeah. you know, and um, that day I found an old PDF file that uh, was, I think, about 10 years old at the time that had six stories written by parents of kids with this condition. And I really connected with those stories. You know, so fortunate. As someone that is, you know, you know, was a journalist, um, you know, I appreciated, you know, uh, stories and all that. And, but these were so much more powerful than the kind of, you know, journalistic work that I was, was working on. And, it was hard to read some of the things around autism and, you know, kids with seizures 30, 40 times a day. But at the same time, there was humor and joy in these stories that were, was totally unexpected as someone who is devastated by this diagnosis. And completely missing, I'm certain, from, from the medical things that you, of from course. the journals you were reading, <laughs> you know, the, the human element was absent. Yes. And, and so this, 
feeling of like loneliness that I think so many people go through when they're diagnosed with something, um, you know, as a, as a parent or caregiver, I was um, really struck by, again, those aspects of these were just real people that were able to manage this. And that made me feel so much better. And it made, you know, my wife and I talked about it that day saying, there's other people out there dealing with this, like we can too, you know, and um, that was really, you know, those stories certainly weren't on the mighty, but those were in my mind were the first mighty stories I experienced. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was, that was really the crux of the idea is I started looking into how do you build a health community? Um, and I, I, I looked at a lot of different health communities that were out there. And what struck me was um, most of them reached a certain size and then it was harder for them to kind of grow. Getting like the user engagement was difficult. And, you know, I'm not a tech guy. I don't write code. I don't know that side of things. Um, but I, coming out of the content storytelling side, I really believe that if we, um, to build a community, you start conversations. And those mm. conversations can also come, can often come from great stories. Um, stories can be the catalyst, I think, for conversations. And so the idea behind The Mighty was, could we build community by actually starting with stories? Um, stories leading to conversations, conversations leading to community. And that part worked really, really well. Um, and I should say that there was a five-year gap between when, uh, or maybe six-year gap between getting my daughter's diagnosis and actually starting The Mighty. It wasn't like we just jumped into it. Um, we got very involved with the nonprofit organization that helps kids with my daughter's condition. And, um, and the idea behind The Mighty was playing in my head for a long time. And it really wasn't until um, my wife just got sick of me talking about it <laughs> that um, when she literally was like, are we going to do this or not? Um, I, I needed that. I really needed kind of the kick in the butt to say, you know, are we going to keep talking about this? Or are we going to do it? And um, her support was, you know, uh, crucial for me to be able to say, I'm going to leave my job and start something that I really believe in. And, you know, we put our life savings into it uh, to kind of get it going and it worked, <laughs> but wow. it was, you know, that was the, that was the big, uh, you know, you have that moment where you've got to figure out if you have wings and just, <laughs> and just go. And yeah. um, uh, so it was a long time before I actually, you know, made the leap. Yeah. Thanks for watching part one of this interview with Mike. Tomorrow we continue talking about how the Mighty got going, the ways that it changed early on in its mission and vision and continues to grow and change, and also how Mike has settled in to his role as a father of four children, one of whom has a chromosomal abnormality and how that impacts his family. I look forward to seeing you here tomorrow and I appreciate you sharing this time with us today. As ever, I thank you for being here and until we're together again, be well.